Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You are listening to Metal Shop's Backstage Pass. 99.9 KISW Metal Shop. If you hear some uh, sounds in the background, it is because we are hearing Integrity Soundcheck. It's an Integrity incendiary at El Corazon tonight. And by the time you hear this, uh, you might actually just want to head down and see Integrity because uh, they are headlining tonight. But right now, I have a band from New York City, Long Island, I believe. Correct. Long Island Correct. called Incendiary. Uh, welcome to Seattle, guys. Thanks for having us, man. Appreciate it. Yeah. Absolutely. Do you guys uh, want to introduce yourselves and what you do for Incendiary before we go any further? Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm Dan. I play drums. I'm uh, Brian. I play guitar. I'm Brendan. I sing. Right on. Well, welcome up to uh, Seattle again. And uh, first, we want to give a shout out to our man, Tom, who made this connection. That's right. Uh, Tom Sheehan. Yes. Incision. Most Precious Blood. Greenpoint Godfather. That's right. Axe to Grind podcast. Yes. Now, exactly. Newest claim to fame. What's up, Tom? How's it going? I saw the Axe to Grind has a... a, a, a a little ad in the new Decibel magazine. It's very official. I was like, it wow, looks, yeah, dude. It's like a full page. Have you seen that? It's, no, I it's in, it like looks like it's like an ad for like Fender guitars or something. Or like Relapse so Records yeah, or exactly. something. It yeah. looks like very clean and official. It's crazy. Shout out to that. All right, guys. So uh, first off, um, you guys are back in Seattle here. Tell me a little bit about uh, some shows in the past. You guys have played Seattle. Obviously, you played Rainfest, I think. And uh, tell me a little bit about your uh, times being in Seattle and... Uh, Another question, what are your favorite Northwest bands of all time? Damn, I have to think about that. Um, so, yeah, we've played Seattle three times in the past, all Rainfests at Numos, uh, a couple blocks away. Um, and it's always been great. This is like, you know, I know bands will say this when they come to a particular town, but Seattle is honestly one of my favorite places to come, to come play. Um, so once Rainfest um, stopped happening... Um, I wasn't so sure that we'd ever get an opportunity to come back. Yeah. Um, and then when these integrity shows came across our plate, um, we just thought it was like a perfect opportunity. Yeah. To do it again. As far as favorite Pacific Northwest bands. Go yeah, go ahead. All right. So, uh, I'm going to say Botch. Nice. I'm going to say um, Shook Ones. Yeah. I love Shook Ones. Yeah. And uh, Seattle Hardcore Legends Minus the Bear. Yeah. Oh, yes, yes, <laughs> absolutely. Can, Kiss It Goodbye was up here, right? Yeah, 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 Even they relocated like here. Yeah, yeah, I've been listening to that record a lot lately, so I'll say nice. Kiss It Goodbye. Cool. And how about you, man? Any uh, Northwest band? We got some Nirvana love or um, something? Yeah. Oh, well, ob- obvi- obviously. <laughs> Come on, you got you to be a great amoron not to, not to talk about those guys. Should we check that out? <laughs> yeah, man, anything. Yeah, Nirvana, a little obscure. I don't know if you've heard of them. Yeah. <laughs> kind of underground. Uh, but yeah, like, like um, Alice in Chains, Nirvana, like all that stuff is kind of like what we all kind of grew up on yeah. listening to. It was like, our, like all of our early influences musically. Awesome. So it's, it's, Do they still play those bands on radio over in, in New York? Yeah, there's, okay. uh, there's a couple of radio stations that, that play it pretty heavily. Okay, cool. The Shark, yeah, yeah. What nice. I actually, I, the Shark. Speaking of, speaking of Nirvana, and Long, Long Island Radio and ninety two three, the Shark in particular. Is it ninety two three? Yeah, you probably uh, no, know. Nine, it's probably it's a different radio station. It's a oh, different it's territory. territory. It's a different territory. Yeah. Industry. <laughs> no, but speaking speaking of that, I was listening to the Shark over the summer and. Okay. A Nirvana song came on. It was Lithium, and just to show like how can low budget can, I, can we curse on this? Yeah, it's yeah. all good. Sure. <laughs> it's not live. How, how low budget the shark is. 
it was on like a Saturday afternoon, and it, the track kept skipping at a particular part That's over a and over and over again. And I was listening to it for like for like probably like 15 minutes while I was driving, just wondering Remix, if somebody dude. was going to catch it. And nobody – it was on the air. They were playing the track. And like in the second verse of Lithium, it just kept skipping and repeating back over and back over. Somebody went to a remember. pee break. It, yeah. No, it was like, we went yeah, to right. go smoke a blunt and came back. And we're like, oh, no. <laughs> All right, man. Well, uh, okay. So you guys are New Yorkers. What are your What are your teams? What are your sports teams? Because, like, I mean, there's a lot to choose from of the state of New York. Uh, I'm a large New York Giants fan. Okay, nice. Uh, the other sports for me, I'm not super into. But I mean, I'm guess like Yankees and Rangers. But I'm a big Giants guy. I'm a okay. fan. Personally, I like the uh, Mets and the Islanders. Okay. Islanders are still in the playoffs, so that's pretty. That's pretty chill. Nice. Big fan of that. Yeah. Uh, I just I watch wrestling. So oh, there yeah. you go. All right, F- favorite wrestlers. N- NBA is fake. NFL is fake. <laughs> wrestling is yeah, UFC is fake. Favorite wrestlers of all time. All time. Stone Cold Steve Austin. Nice. There you go. Uh, Ric Flair. Yes. Obviously. All right, man. So uh, you guys are playing with Integrity tonight. Do you guys remember the first time you heard Integrity? Yeah, definitely. Um, one of the Victory style compilations. Nice. Yes. Yeah, it was probably. I think it was the track Rise. From seasons and the size of okay. days, I think that yeah. was the first integrity song I heard, and then the first record I got was the humanity. Humanity is a double, yeah, ten inch LP. I remember that album cover. Yeah, no, like, I bought a CD. Scary. Yeah, yeah, I just bought the CD at a record yeah. store. I was like, is that Pusshead? Yeah, it was, it was awesome. Been awesome. And the cool thing about integrity was we, we, so we played with integrity at the LNG in New London, Connecticut. Wow. And, but we were trying to figure out the year, like two thousand and it had to be like two thousand and ten or eleven. Really, yeah. it was before. But I remember we were like, yes, we were like super amped to to do it, um, and they crushed it. That was that was the first time I had saw them also when we played with them. So yeah, That's dope. And favorite integrity record is also to die for. I know you didn't ask me that, but I just wanted oh to no, that was an out, good album. And I remember I saw them play on that show. It was actually a a, a show that kind of ended abruptly in Portland. It was it was a weird. Experience. Look it up. We'll look not it up. go into the details. Yeah, yeah. We'll look it up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but anyways, it was a, that was a good album. I remember them playing a couple songs after that. I was like, yeah, and then I was like, oh. Anyways, hopefully they play some of those songs tonight. Uh, but now that we're talking memories, go around the room. Uh, and what are your first memories of hardcore? Like, what was like the first band that you saw live? Maybe, maybe like a kind of like that moment where you decided you like you got to get involved. Yeah, yeah. I'll go, I'll go first, I guess. Um, so for like popular hardcore bands it was I bought a Strife t-shirt before I had ever heard the band nice. I was in I think I was in maybe 8th or ninth grade so like 1997 around a Hot then. Topic or something uh, I did purchase it at Hot Topic and I had never heard the band and what happened was is I bought a Stri- the Strife record because I was like oh this is a poser move because I've never actually listened to them yeah. I think I was f- probably like 14 and then I listened to that and I was like, oh, damn. And then at the time, I started going to some local shows, a band called Subterfuge from my town. Okay. Um, was like really the gateway for me to get into hardcore and discover Long Island. Um, yeah, I think the first like true hardcore band I'd heard was probably probably Earth Crisis. Nice. Again, it was on one of those like victory samplers. Yeah, there was yeah, this yeah. like little independent record store that kind of specialized in like punk metal and hardcore okay uh like walking distance from where i grew up and i picked up some like free sampler and i remember it was like the first the first time i heard a band where the vocals were like nothing but screaming the entire time yeah and earth crisis had like the first track on that so it was probably that and then 
I think what made it a little more tangible was when I heard heard like Vision of Disorder. Okay. Um, because they were kind of like a little bigger and like had CDs and like regular record stores. And then when I kind of found out that they were from Long Island, that kind of made it like a very tangible, oh, yeah. tangible thing for me. Absolutely. Uh, for me, it was. I think it was like ninety six or ninety seven. My friend Dan was uh, going to record a show for a sociology project he was doing. Wow. He was like, "Yo, do you want to come with me? You know, like, I usually give you a ride home from school, and this is what I play in the car. But you want to go to a show?" I was like, yeah. "Sure." It was uh, VOD, Glassjaw, and that's a Long Island show. Yeah, um, yeah. Warped Weeble Wobbles, Ten Yard Fight, and I think that was it. It was like it was like, and I just remember walking in and seeing people flying off the stage and being like, "Yeah." Yeah, this is it. Oh and, yeah, and that, and ever that since then. Years ago. Yeah, That's pretty dope. crazy. Yeah. All right, man. Well, uh, thinking back to that time, like maybe even earlier, what's like the first album, first CD, or whatever, first piece of music that you actually purchased on your own, not something that was given to you? Um, so, Rage Against the Machine, Evil Empire was nice. the first CD that yeah. I bought with my own money. And then, like later that year, I wrote a report on it for a music class. Cool. And, like I think I think I was in middle school when that came out. Were but you playing was, drums already by that time? Yeah, yeah, I was playing drums okay. already by that time. But that was like because like I was like I had gotten into like Nirvana in like fifth grade, and then like sixth, seventh grade, I started getting into Rage, and then that album came out, and that was like the first CD that I purchased with my own money. Nice, dude. Yeah. The first piece of, of recorded music I bought with my own money. Yep. That's the question. It was a cassette single for. Guns N' Roses, You Could Be Mine, nice. from the Terminator 2 soundtrack. Nice! And the, basically, only reason I bought it was because the Terminator was on the cover, and I thought, I thought that was cool. Oh, I still think the song is cool, though. Yeah. And the movie is great. That's crazy. I, mine are uh, from a rest stop in Pennsylvania with my family on vacation. It was two cassette tapes. One, an early Red Hot Chili Peppers Greatest Hits. Two, what two. What it was. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Wait, what? What hits? Right. That was yeah. the record. Yeah, it was probably. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. I have no idea. And no, then no. the <laughs> second one was Bruce of uh, Bruce Springsteen, Streets of Philadelphia, from the motion picture soundtrack Philadelphia. Nice. Yeah. 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 Huge bummer of a song. Yeah. <laughs> Very serious music choices. Yeah. Right? I, I'll never forget that. Yeah. How old were you? Oh man, I, I'd have to. Do, I, I guess I was probably like thirteen. Okay. Maybe? Yeah. Yeah. Right on, man. Well, uh, bringing it back to the band, uh, you guys released Thousand Miles Stare in 2017. Uh, awesome reaction. We play that record. Thank you. Uh, That's and awesome. can you guys give us any hints when we might hear some more uh, incendiary music? TBD. Still kind of talking about that. Cool. I don't know what the future brings. I mean, it's for still us, relatively but... new. Album, yeah, I so. mean, like, well, and especially the way that we do the band. It's it, not like you guys are a full-time touring yeah, band. Yeah, we don't, it, it, I mean, which has major drawbacks. The benefit is we don't necessarily run the album into the ground yeah. really fast. So I think it still has some legs. Um, and are there still songs that you've now. never even played live? Yeah. Off of yeah. yeah. Oh, yep. Nice. Yeah. And, you know, Brendan's point about it having some legs still, like, there's a lot of places that we haven't even played yeah. since the record's been out yet or played one time. Like, we've played, we played L.A. or the West Coast really yet. One, one single time for Sound and Fury in 2017. Miles yeah, we've yeah. never played yeah. Seattle or up nice. here since the record's been out. So yeah, no, no real plans. I mean, we're all. I think we're all starting to get the itch to start, start messing around again. Yeah. But no, no real like concrete or formal plans cool. at this point. Yeah. yeah. Right on, and that, that's on Bridge Nine, right? Was Close casket activities. Close casket. Okay. Yeah, my bad. Uh, right on, and. Uh, all right, so I got to ask you about the WWE stuff. So, uh, you know, Brandon, your voice can be heard on WWE, SmackDown, Raw every right. week. 
Uh, you did vocals for the wrestler Alistair Black's theme song. I mean, if you follow that guy, you know he likes metal. He likes hardcore. Yeah, exactly. Um, how did this come about? Like, take us back to the moment you heard from WWE. How did this come about? And uh, and did you have any input in writing the song, or was that that band CFOS or whatever? So yeah, so the the CFOS are. Um, John and Mike, um, and they do most of the music for the WWE. Yeah. And what had happened was um, uh, Alistair gave sort of guidelines of, like, the type of bands he was into and what he was looking for for an entrance theme. Um, and I had been friends with John, and John was aware of, like, a fan of Incendiary. And so he was like, I think your voice would be good for this. John from CFO? Correct, oh, yeah. Okay. Awesome. To, to be 100% clear, like, they are the masterminds. So they write, cool. if you hear, like, us, like, a great WWE and Even, like, a music, Sasha Banks theme song yeah. or something like that? Everything. Yeah. Literally wow. everything. So yeah. You're a fan, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's all that. So, yeah. like, the Nakamura song was them. Bobby the Roode. Bobby Roode song yeah. is them. Like, wow. every big oh, entrance, all the NXT. Geniuses. Yeah, for real. Let's and they say, could... Yeah, I mean, all, all the... Like, it's them. Like, That's it's them. Awesome. I sing on it, and it's... Um, I'm stoked. And so what basically what happened was we actually went into the, their studio one night, uh, me, Brian, and Rob, our other guitar player, and the music, they had that figured out. We sort of like, and they had some lyrics, and Alistair provided some lyrics, and we kind of collabed on it and put like the whole structure together and went through some variations with the WWE because it was very much like a song at first, and yeah. they wanted it to be like perfectly timed entrance totally. music. Yeah. It really happened with the way that it came out. But It's got to kind of just be a chorus. Exactly, yeah. yeah. But John and Mike are legit masterminds with yeah. this stuff, and uh, it's been pretty surreal. Oh, yeah. yeah. And you I'm, to- I'm happy people like it. Like, I mean, besides the fact that, you know, when you put music out there, you don't know what to expect, but it's also, like, it's not normal WWE music with me, like, screaming or whatever. Yeah. So... It's actually gone over better than I could. It's kind of like industrial. Fathomed. It's more like industrial yeah, than it's, what it's I would hear in different. From but, I, but I mean, from all accounts and from what John and Mike have said, I mean, it's been doing really well. The fans oh, yeah. seem to love it, so it's pretty pretty crazy. I yeah. see. I seen him live, and people were singing along to it. And people yeah, noticed probably that too. will never go to a hardcore show. Yeah. You know, but yeah. they, that's a very memorable song. I mean, it, a couple though, man. Like we played. Um, we did a couple shows in Texas in February. It's like like two three months ago. And I remember at the uh, Austin show in particular, there was like two or three people that were definitely there wearing Alistair Black shirts. So I can only I can only assume that like it was a crossover. That's why they were there? Yeah, yeah. I didn't know that. That's cool. And like the the other thing that's really cool about it is that like a lot of people have been like traffic has been driven to us from that. Like people who wouldn't have heard about us normally. Oh yeah. Like on like a bunch of our YouTube videos, you see comments like, "Oh, I checked you out because of the Alistair Black theme." You that's guys, dope. like, I'm totally into you guys. That's now. crazy. So it's just like a a, a great unintended consequence yeah. of this whole thing yeah. happening. The goal, I mean, the goal for in for us, I think, is to, uh, it's awesome that people are checking out Incendiary, but yeah. then like it's now going to open up you to this whole gateway of hardcore music that. I mean, people, you don't just, like, naturally get into hardcore. Someone shows you hardcore. Of course, Something happens, yeah. so I'm hoping that people are like, oh, let me check out this whole scene. You know, it's definitely cool that people are going to check I mean, us out. it's a out, lot easier these days. They could For just, sure, like, yeah. You, now they see, Spotify, like, all of our related yeah. artists and stuff, so hopefully it's going to be a catalyst, especially for 16-year-old kids hearing totally. it. That would be the goal, in, I mean, for me. Yeah, that would make me very happy. And you got to perform that live with Code Orange playing the best. Yes, music. yeah, that was uh, the most surreal experience of my entire life. You got um, to meet all the wrestlers and Triple yeah, H and we were, everything. Uh, yep, met Triple H. We were just backstage. Um, extremely nerve wracking, yeah. but 
Code Orange, like, just, they killed it. They're oh, just yeah, like, they did. I mean, Code Orange are a great band, great mm-hmm. friends of ours. Um, but they had it down pat, the live version, and we did this. We, we performed it in a practice space the night before, and Triple H was just for Triple H, just standing in front of me, staring at me. Um, so, you know, no pressure. And then and it was like, if you do it bad, he'd give you the... Yeah. Uh, and at that point, like... That was almost like an audition to see if it was going to get the green light for the show the next day. Like wow. when they were rehearsing it, it was like not a done deal. It wasn't deal. official. Yeah, yeah, it's like he's going to come by, check it out, see what he thinks, and, he and loved then it. he'll green light it. Yeah, yeah. We didn't, I mean, I didn't know we were actually doing it until four days before. Wow. Like it was very, very, very last minute. So like we, but it all went off without a hitch. I mean, it was very nerve wracking, um, but it was a very cool experience and like. We had like our friends there, and yeah. it was great to do it with Code Orange. That's the other thing because they were our buddies beforehand, and oh, they yeah. were performing a track for the as the theme song, the, yeah, exactly. Yep. And so like they they knew that we were friends, and we made it happen, man. And it was uh, that's pretty, so awesome. It was pretty, it was pretty wild. That's yeah. pretty crazy, and that's yeah. probably more people that will like that that like what like thousands of people there at the Barclays Center. Yeah, it was and, sold and, out. And I it, think. And, I mean, you you played, you opened the show, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, it, yeah, it was like, and Alistair came out and like threw the band, and it, it so was awesome. wild. Yeah, he, yeah, he's a really cool dude too. So, what's it going to take for you guys to play that live? Uh, n- n- virtually nothing. Yeah, I don't. We would never do it. You ever. wouldn't do it? No, never. All right. Yeah, because it's. I. I mean, like, it's just like I think it serves its purpose. Okay. And I think like it's a little bit straying from what our music is. Yeah, I would agree. And our yeah, messages, yeah, yeah. and especially like a lyrical content. Um, but I'm not. I mean, it's I'm just a good Very theme. proud yeah. of it. Yeah, but it, it. It's. It has its own lane. Totally. Yeah. People ask us all the time. An entrance. For us, we could like come out before. Our that's, that's a good public. point. Yeah, play it yeah. over the, the speakers. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, it's kind of what Brendan said before. But like, I think part of the reason, um, like, Code Orange was able to like recreate that because mm-hmm. there's a, there's a lot of like depth and things going on in that track. That's kind of like outside. Oh, yeah. Incendiary yeah. usually does. Yeah. So, um, I think I think it was better served with them pulling it off live than than us doing it. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news. You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Cool. Well, uh, I do obviously I do the radio show uh, Metal Shop on KISW. And if you guys had your own radio show, what are a few bands that you would make sure you had to play? Oh man! Like, should I, in terms of up any and genre, or anything any you want to play? It doesn't matter. It could be anything from Nirvana to Bolt Thrower to Sade, whatever. I I, I know it's like uh, well, it's definitely in vogue now. I think, but I've always been very in, in, like into two kind of like subgenres. One is like that late '90s emo. So like. Sure. Promise Ring, Braid, Get Up Kids. Like, I'd love to do play all that and mix all that. And then, like, the, like, Brit Pop, Ride, Catherine okay. Wheel kind of a thing, too. So I always think that'd be pretty rad. I'm really into both of those things. Hey, I love it because you're wearing a Suffocation t-shirt. You sing in a hardcore <laughs> band, and now you're shouting out all these uh, these bands that you wouldn't expect. It's very uh, – it shows the, the my, depth. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Um, I'd probably use the opportunity to kind of, like, highlight a lot of the bands that, like, I grew up – 
listening to it okay. from like Long Island and like some of the newer bands that we're friends with now. So like you know going back to like a lot of the stuff that came out on like Exit and Wreckage Records, like Indecision and Silent Majority and Motive and things like that that were great bands that I don't know necessarily got exposure outside of you know the little northeast east bubble some of those bands toured more than others um and then some of the newer bands somerset thrower and sanction like some of the newer bands that are coming up on long island that i think deserve you know people to hear yes, shout out to sanction they came through here with dying fetus right, right. yeah it was awesome Our uh, um my, my like two favorite things to listen to is like metalcore and soul music okay so probably like tony danza tap dance extravaganza and like acacia strain but then also like james brown and like budos band and okay. like um, like the Daptones, like stuff like that. Zero All right. Yeah. Yep. Yep. The lowest rated radio station in America. KD and playing all the music you don't want to listen to. All right. So we, we already kind of talked about it earlier, but you guys aren't a full time touring band. I'm assuming you guys have like day jobs and, and things like that. Yeah. Can you guys just give me a kind of a, a an idea of what you guys do throughout the day? And like, do you guys have families like like kids or you guys? How's that going? Um, I'm getting married at the end of the year. Awesome. In November. Congratulations. Thank Aww. you very much. Aww. Uh, what's up, Sarah? And then um, and I, I work for a high-end fabric and furniture manufacturer. Cool. I, uh, I shoot and edit like um, sales meeting videos and instructional videos and like training and stuff like that. Cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm a single guy. I'm still out here. All right. Uh, <laughs> what's up, ladies? Yeah. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, I'm an account director at an ad tech company, so okay. ad- advertising cool. technology. So. It's nerd stuff, but it's yeah. cool. It's the internet. It's fun, and casual. You got to have a nerd stuff job in New York City to be able to pay the bills like that. Yeah, so. exactly. But it is cool. I've been in that industry for a little over ten years at this point, and it's like I've I don't know, I've kind of like found my home there. It's it's fun and it's casual, but there's money to be made and and you know a future there. So I've been I've been fortunate to find that, um, and it allows me to like balance this stuff too. Like nobody thinks it's crazy that I come I come out on the weekends and do stuff like this. Some people from my job have been cool enough to even come out and check out the shows and That's like awesome. be, be pretty supportive of it. So yeah, it's cool. Cool, man. Yeah, well, we sort of had jobs in conjunction with the band and have been doing the band for 12 years now. And so it sort of organically always like parallel pathed. You know what I mean? Just kind of it wasn't like a conscious strategy or decision. Um, I just work for a big media company. I basically I sell ads. Oh, nice. Right on. Cool, man. Well, that's crazy. You guys. uh, So I'm assuming it's like. you guys all live in New York City, correct? Yeah, so three of us live in Brooklyn, in okay. Greenpoint, sub-Greenpoint, and uh, Danny lives in Long Island, and Matt lives nice. in Long Island now, too. Yeah. Uh, how hard w- is it to, like, do a band in New York City? Because I'm assuming even just a rental space would be expensive. We have a great spot um, that we're pretty lucky to have in, in Bushwick. Um, but I think overall, like, we have a, um abnormally similar like ethic and view so the five of us are we don't really like argue like we, we're just lockstep in the things that we do everyone has the same motives has the same things that they want out of incendiary has the same things that they don't want it's the only reason we are still a band after okay. this much time in the weird and like stressful way that we do the band yeah. um but like that's I think the reason why we've just been hyper on the same page for the last however many years and so we have it pretty down pat Um, we have a great space and it allows us to do everything we are in constant communication and we're also like great friends and we have sort of like a democratic approach to doing the band so it's like it works out pretty well I think yeah, the, the metaphor I always use is like we're the hardcore army reserve. It's it's two weekends a month, one I week like a that. year. 
you know so it's it's totally. like you, you just you, we do what we can when we can and it, it uh you know it just really works out that way all right looks like you guys got alcohol delivery that's pretty badass man. oh yeah <laughs> that's Thank awesome you. what do you guys got there uh i got a bottle of jameson yeah. Ooh, all right right yep. on shout out jameson get that before the show uh all right man well uh i got a question for you guys so uh there's this term in hardcore that we use is uh even if someone's 30 40 50 years old people still say hardcore kid right would you still say that you're hardcore kids um yeah i mean i wear camo shorts and go to shows there so, you go you know like <laughs> me i guess <laughs> I mean, I definitely still act and dress like a teenager in most aspects of it. So, yeah, I think I would identify as, as a hardcore kid, sure. Yeah. I, so I think it's always part of your life. Like once a hardcore kid, always a hardcore kid? I think so. I think there. I think we. it's also a big part of our social circle sure. also. I've met most of my best friends through this music. And so, yeah, it's, it's, it, I think it, it evolves as you get into your mid-30s. Things change a little bit, and I, I can't get to every show it's on a Tuesday It's not always shows above everything else. Yeah. Not always, no, yeah. But I mean, I think... Like, get some sleep, well yeah, rest, that and, yeah, get some exactly. food, then everything do a else. stage dive. I, I, like, yeah, I... I, I thought I thought your question was more about the, the literal like term kid at the end of that. If you're talking about do I still identify as hardcore, like absolutely. It's okay. a huge part of my life. Yeah. It always will be. To Brendan's point earlier about like, yeah, we could do this or like go to a show or not. Like part of the thing about living living in New York City and Brooklyn now too is like there's so much going on at all times and I still genuinely feel like if there's a show and like I don't go, a lot of times I still feel like I'm missing out. Oh really? Yeah. yeah. I bet cool there's I bet there's competing shows all the time. Yeah, all the time. It it really is. Like it's yeah, it's Brooklyn can be overwhelming sometimes. The amount of live music. Sure. Yeah, but it's still like it's a huge part of my life. It it always will be. I can't imagine it ever ever not being. And it's cool now just being like being a little older. It's like I just feel like a little on the other side of it. So I'm still participating in it, but kind of like in a different way in like still doing a band. You know, we still like when we play locally, we're still very hands on with the shows we book and um you know, the shows that we take on and stuff like that. So I still like I'm s i am still like participating in it, even if I'm like kind of on the other side of the table now. Yeah, I agree with that. And I think it gives us the unique ability to like focus on younger bands that have like a lot of life left in them or maybe we don't have as much life left in us yeah. and I think that it gives us the ability to like put on for some bands that bands that helped us out when we were younger and like we're trying to get shows and stuff so it's it has cyclical like that I think in nature and we're, we're in a good spot still enjoy it cool man yeah well, just a couple more questions before I let you guys go. Um, I, when, I, when I do interviews, I like to do a little research and uh, check out other people's interviews to make sure I'm not like asking the same thing over and over. Uh, you guys were featured on a channel that mostly does hip-hop stuff, mostly yeah. does uh, No Jumper, which uh, right. mostly does like kind of underground or like SoundCloud rap, right. you know, face tattoo rap, <laughs> you might call it. But uh, So how'd you guys get an interview on No Jumper? Because it's like what you and the dude from Blood for Blood are like the only hardcore right. metal-related stuff. Tell me about that. Was it was because of my face tattoos? Oh yes, uh, no, I'm yes. Just kidding. I do several not have any of face them. tattoos. Uh, no, Adam. Adam's a good friend of mine. We okay. um, we were um, we were roommates together in Brooklyn. Adam okay. lived in the city for a while, and um, we continue to be friends. Um, and we were out there for Sound and Fury um, a couple years ago, and he hit me up like, um, "Hey, like you want to just come on the show and do it?" And it was fun. And I think it, it was funny for us because like. He has a lot of guests on that he's just the host. Yeah. But, like, I've known him for a really long time, so it was funny to just, like, shoot before his, like, his pre-No yeah. his pre uh, no Jumper days. Oh, it's got to be so. crazy to see him from, like, what, being roommates with him, being friends with him. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. then seeing him ascend to, like, this, like, I mean, 
he's like a clout god, right? Yeah, like sure. as yeah. far as well, that. That's what with with like the interview that we did. Like I think you know because I, I listened to a, a couple of his. You brought him back down to earth. I like I wouldn't say, <laughs> I wouldn't say that, but I think we were definitely talking to him or our conversation just like I've had a very different vibe than like sure. the kids who are on there like trying to like seek his approval oh, or yeah. like yeah. understanding he's this like influential like tastemaker guy now we were just like he's like SoundCloud about, like, rap dad yeah like we were just yeah. talking about like yeah. f- like funny old stories oh yeah just hanging out back back in the hood and stuff but that's cool man I mean with him like it nothing so is he like a hardcore dude or was he yeah I, I don't think you know I, he's always been a huge hip hop head so okay. that's the one thing I can say like the, the stuff going on with him now, it's not really that surprising to me. Okay. He's always had like a s- obsessed mindset about being a content creator, like yeah. obsessed with being online and stuff. And he's a total lunatic and it's working out for him. So yeah. I'm happy for him. You guys are going to be here in Seattle for how many days? You guys just so going to be here just, today just and then this flying gig, back? Yep. And then we have, we're going to be back on the West Coast for Sound and Fury in LA. Dope. Um, and then we are going back to, uh, over to Europe and the UK for a quick trip. Nice. And then in September, we are playing Mexico City for our first time. Wow, that's so awesome. I'm very excited about that. It should uh, be rad. Yeah. You, you need to go to uh, uh, the Lucha in Mexico. Sure, yeah. Too, yeah. That Some awesome. CMLL. Awesome. Arena yeah. Mexico, yeah. I would love to do that. Yeah. And they'll be like, wait, I saw you on NXT. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, man. Well, uh, one more question for you guys. Yes. If, if you could pick a scar on your body and tell us a story of how you got that scar. All right. So I like – this is funny you should ask. I have like a ton of scars on my hands just from being an idiot. I did yeah. landscaping a lot with my dad, so my sure. hands are all chewed up. Um, but probably my favorite scar, I have – well, I have two on my forehead that are pretty big. Yeah, um, I one I got One I got into a car accident and busted my head on my steering wheel. Yikes. Um, and then the smaller one, when I was like three, I was like spinning around like an airplane in my living room. And then uh, my parents told me to stop, but I just wouldn't listen. And then I stopped, and I fell and hit my head on my fireplace. Uh-oh. And my mom was pregnant with my brother at the time and my dad was like down the block hanging out at his friend's house so she had like she was like screaming down the block for my dad to come and then they drove me to the hospital wow yeah oh yeah it was it was a pretty cool time but like (laughs) like, the weird thing is like i kind of remember it happening like i remember like just like my face covered with blood like when i was three it's pretty damn yeah um yeah so um for the listeners at home you can't you can't really tell but my uh, most of my forehead kind of looks like chopped meat from all the blading I do in my independent wrestling. On the are, side. are you really an yeah, independent lot, wrestler? Yeah, a lot of crimson masks the hard way. I oh man, right Abdul the butcher, literally right across the hairline, Dusty Rhodes. And uh, uh, no, um, that's a, that's honestly a great question, a really interesting, cool question to, nice. to close it out with. I don't have a cool answer. I don't really have many scars. I have like, are you circumcised? That here, yeah. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah, for sure. I have like a tattoo that healed kind of poorly. If you want to count that, but okay, nothing, nothing really comes to mind. So. I don't have a scar, but I I have a good story. So I have sure. like a permanent contusion on my left leg because when I I lived in London into like in the early two thousands and what, sometimes maybe we had a couple pints at the pub. And okay, we would slide down the escalator in the tube stations. And if you've ever been to London, some of them are like multiple stories deep. Wow. And so one time I was sliding down it and there was like, um, like a metal box at the bottom to say, you know, like working or not working. Okay. And I hit it going probably like 20 miles an hour. Yeah. And my entire leg from my ass to my foot turned black. Oh my God. And I didn't do anything about it. So I have like a permanent, uh, like, like, 
firm contusion on my leg from it. So oh pretty sick. That's yeah. nice. <laughs> yeah, really nice. All right, guys. So uh, anything you guys want to plug before we go any further and uh, and uh, end this thing? Where yeah, can we I've, find your music and whatnot? Yeah, we're on Spotify. We're everywhere. I'll, I'll plug Closed Casket Activities, our label. Um, if you're interested in our music, check it out. Thousand Mile Stare is out now. It's been out for a little bit, but I still think there's people that probably haven't heard it. Um, and go to shows in your hometown. And listen to him on WWE. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Depending on this airs, I'd like to plug our, our set tonight. We'll be hitting the stage at 1040. Yeah. Um, all right. Um, don't know if that's possible, but come hang out either way. <laughs> Man, that was a sick set, dude. <laughs> I'm going to uh, shamelessly plug the other band that I play in. It's cool. called Carcosa. It's like stoner death metal stuff. It's what like is it called? Carcosa. Carcosa. Yeah. We it's like um, it's like stoner death metal blast beat stuff. It's uh, it's a lot of fun. Sweet, dude. Yeah. Right on. You guys have a record out? Uh, yeah, we're on Spotify. We're nice. uh, pretty much you know on, on pretty much every streaming service. Right on. Yeah. This has been Metal Shop's Backstage Pass. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.